Hi guys, welcome back to the podcast. I hope everyone is doing swell. I am talking today with Ashley Olofsson. Ashley started her first business at 16, which we talk about. She started workshops to empower young women around the world. She started the Move workshops, and these workshops, literally amazing. When you listen to the rest of the episode, you'll get to know a little bit more about what it is and what she does. And now she's a startup coach at iFundWomen, where she gives grants to, or she helps women or small business owners get grants and the funding they need to keep their business going. So she's been doing amazing things. She also wrote two books, which is incredible. And she's just overall such an amazing woman. She's literally the most confident, sweetest, energetic, bubbly person I know. So enjoy the episode, y'all. It's so nice to finally meet you. How are you doing? How is everything? I'm so good. I'm so excited about this. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for coming. It means the world. Thank you for taking time out of your precious day to do this. Absolutely. So pumped. Okay, so for those of you who don't know who Ashley is, Ashley is a coach at iFundWomen and she started Move at the age of 16, which is a series of summer camps and workshops where she talks about body image and all things teenage girl that every single teenage girl deals with. (laughs) And she started it at 16, might I add. I don't know if I added it already, but (laughs) she's directed over a hundred workshops and she has done summer camps. She's done it all. So thank you so much, Ashley, for doing this. Yeah. And now at iFundWomen, I get to help others build their businesses because iFundWomen is really the go-to funding marketplace for women-owned businesses and the people who want to support them. So we just help women founders all day with access to coaching and capital and connections. So it's pretty awesome. I I love helping others get their business ideas off the ground. Thank you so much for doing this. I mean, it's so... You don't see a lot of it because a lot of people is a lot of people are just hush hush about it. And there's always a lot of like secrecy in a lot of all of this. Totally. I, think, I think it's so great what you're doing. So congrats. thank you so much. <laughs> you also have a TEDx. Do you want to talk a little yes. bit about it? Yeah, absolutely. So I gave a TEDx a couple years ago. It was on why um, diversity, especially in the media, is so important and so powerful. Um, And so it's kind of funny because now I really talk more about entrepreneurship and how important diversity really is within entrepreneurship. Um, But I definitely, that is where I got my start. Um, I think everybody should go listen to the TED Talk because it was probably the best TED Talk I've listened to. And I've listened to a lot. It was so unbelievably powerful. I think especially being a teenage girl, it it impacted me in so many different ways. And I just, the entire time I was like, yes, yes. Oh my gosh. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Oh my God. You got to read my book then. I have two books. Yeah. If you you liked my TEDx, you got to read my book. It's called Survival of the Prettiest. And it's all about being a teenage girl and it's a workbook. And I feel like you would love it. Oh my God. That's so cool. Okay. I'm going to order it. Yeah. Is it on Amazon? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. If you like the TEDx, this book is going to be 300 pages of everything you want. I'm going to order it. Oh my gosh. Okay. Done, done and done. <laughs> but let's go back to where it all started when you were in eighth grade and you started move. Mm-hmm. Well, you weren't in eighth grade, but after that. Yeah. <laughs> 16. 
Yeah. So I was a sophomore in high school, but eighth grade was a really tough year for me. And that was being in eighth grade definitely inspired me to start move. Um, I was basically struggling a lot with my own self-esteem and mental health and just a lot of unhealthy relationships in my life. And I noticed that all my friends were as well. So I was like, what the heck, why is everybody going through such a tough time? And more importantly, why are we not talking about it? You know? So I decided that I would start giving workshops and I started off by giving a workshop to a group of eighth grade girls when I was a sophomore in high school. Um, and it went really, really well. And we kept going and eventually it turned into an organization called Move that I co-founded with my best friend, Lexi. And we ended up running summer programs and did over a hundred workshops in school districts all over Massachusetts where I'm from. I mean, the fact that you started that at such a young age is so empowering. I, what, what was your, what was your motivation? How did you really get yourself to go out and do that? Because that's a big thing. Like that's not totally. Yeah. Well, so it's interesting. It didn't start as a big thing. It started off as one workshop that I was giving. Right. So there wasn't any pressure on it. I think like something that I see with a lot of, especially like younger entrepreneurs now is we definitely feel the pressure to like do yes. something great. I didn't feel any pressure. I didn't want to create something great. I didn't want to start a business. I literally just wanted to make my friends and I feel a little bit better about our bodies. And so I started off with this workshop and then it kept growing. Um, but that was really how I started. And my perspective was very much like, well, nobody's talking about these issues. And so if nobody's talking about them, then I guess I will, I guess I will be the one to do it. And so I did. I mean, I think, again, that's, that's really powerful to so many people because I know a lot of people have these brilliant ideas, but nobody wants to execute because they're nervous mm -hmm. and they're scared of what people will say. And I think just you taking that plunge is such a, you know, great thing to see for so many people, especially at such a young age. Thank you. Was there, was there anything that you had in mind going into your first workshop? Like what, what did you have set in your head? That's a really good question. I don't remember too much truthfully. I know for sure though, that I thought it was going to be a one-time thing. I did not anticipate it growing at all. I was very intent on just giving this like one workshop and I really thought that was going to be it. Um, so it surprised me when I ended up being really moved by the workshop and it surprised me when I was like, oh my God, we have to keep doing this. Like we're onto something here. You know, like this is incredible. We have to keep going. Is that where the name came from, Move? No, what's really funny is even though I was very moved by the actual first workshop, what I noticed was it felt as though after we gave for the first three workshops, it felt as though everybody was starting to talk openly and honestly about these issues like self-esteem and mental health in my community, mm -hmm. in my hometown. And I was like, wow. huh, this is really interesting. Like, it feels like Lexi, my co-founder and I are almost starting a movement. We're almost starting something that's bigger than us. And so we really liked the hashtag join the movement. We thought that was really cute as kind of like a tagline. So then we decided to come up with move and Lexi and I are always like, we didn't do a lot of things right. Like, cause <laughs> I was, I was 15, Lexi was 13 when we first started. Wow. And so it's like, we really, we didn't know anything. So we didn't do like a lot of things right. But Lexi and I always joke, like we got the name right. Like we did a great job. So anyway, yeah. move stands for motivate, overcome, value, and empower. And Lexi and I were like, those were our core values for like just years to come. So Lexi and I are, are always like, we we did really good on that. <laughs> Can you repeat the the yeah acronym for motivate, overcome, value, and empower? How did you come up with that? I think that was probably more Lexi. Okay. 
I don't really, we, I just remember though, like, I just remember one conversation we always talk about, Lexi was literally at the beach and I was in my bedroom and we're like on the phone, I'm like pacing back and forth in my bedroom and we're like, we're gonna do this. Like, and Lexi's like, I wanna give summer programs. And I'm like, oh my God, like we have to do it. And, you know, it didn't happen for the first like two or three years because we were building our audience, but eventually we did get there and it was pretty spectacular to have a co-founder who was as much of a dreamer and a doer as me. That's so, that's so cool. I mean, I think we all had, I think we all wish we had that experience. Um, and you both just have so much, or, I mean, I'm talking to you, so I'm going to speak, you have so much (laughs) confidence just walking into it and do it like just doing it. So did you face, what were the fears you faced? Because right. It doesn't seem like you have any. So what, were there any fears faced going into it? Like imposter syndrome, whatever it may be. Totally. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty confident, but that's also something that I've had to work at really hard. So like, yes, I am confident, but also I've worked at, I think the way that I view it is confidence is like a skill. Right. And like some of us, like myself are definitely like portrayed in the media as like, you know, I'm not, what I'm trying to say is I'm not that far off from the beauty standard. Right. There's a lot of privilege that I have. And so I think that like confidence you know, part of it is like definitely related to privilege. I think another part of confidence is it's a skill that you work on, right? And it's something that you practice. And the more that you lift yourself up or the more you tear yourself down, the more you're going to be heading in one direction or the other with your confidence. And so I think like for me, I practice having positive self-esteem for like years. And I like, I fought a really big fight to accept myself, to love myself, to be comfortable with myself and to be confident. And I also just like, even like, I've had a lot of practice. Like I present confidently because I've been practicing how to for years. I've been in leadership positions where I've gotten the opportunity to present confidently. This isn't the first podcast that I've done. You know, um, I've, I did theater even before that, which helped me just gain some basic confidence when it comes to public speaking. So I think that there's like a lot of practice that has gone into it. I don't even remember the question you asked because I feel all fired up now, but did that answer it? Yes, it did a hundred percent. My next question, follow-up, what advice would you give to teen girls struggling with confidence? My mom always said, fake it till you make it. It's not bad advice. It's not. It's not, it is good advice. Yeah, I think like for me, the biggest thing is I think that self-acceptance comes before confidence and self-love. And so I think that it's really important to like take an assessment of yourself and your body and just start to acknowledge that it is what it is. So like, for example, like I'm really petite. I'm like 4'10 and three fourths. And that was really embarrassing to me. And I felt something I felt really deeply ashamed of growing up, right? But like, okay, like at a certain point I have to kind of acknowledge and accept I'm not a tall supermodel and that's okay. And eventually I can get to self-love, but same thing with like my personality, you know, like I have a really, I am very ambitious. That was something that was hard for me to accept about myself when I was younger, but now I have, and now I have like embraced it way more than I did when I was younger. And so I think like working on just acknowledging and accepting where you're at is going to really, really set you up for success. Why, why, why did you not like your ambition when you were younger? Um, it made me stand out and I felt very insecure about the ways that it made me stand out. Um, maybe you can relate to that. I don't know. You seem pretty ambitious too. I've always had like a really loud personality. You know, I'm that, I'm that, 
person who's just really loud, who's the first to speak up. I'm, I'm that person. You have such fun energy. That's what makes you feel special. Thank you. But that was something that, you know, people didn't really necessarily like, like, oh my God, you're so loud. Like, mm. are you always, <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, but yeah. how did, how did those workshops, your move workshops, how did, how did that change your life? How did, how did that impact uh-huh. you? What a good question. Well, first of all, I just want to say that like your loudness is what makes me drawn to you. You know, like I can tell that you have fun energy, right. From speaking with you. And so like that loudness and that energy, you know, it it might uh, dissuade some people, but it's also going to draw some others to you. And so that's why it's important to like really be yourself because not everybody's going to like you no matter what, but the right people are going to be attracted to you. Um, But yeah, move changed my life in really significant and impactful ways. I would say the biggest thing that it gave me is confidence um, and community and support. Um, I don't feel alone. I feel very connected because I know how many others love me and support me from doing move. I would also say that move really impacted me in terms of like, it just gave me so many friends. I did move alongside my best friends. I met so many amazing young women when I was working with it that I'm still friends with. Um, so I would just say like, it was a really, really unbelievably special experience. And it also taught me what I was capable of. You know, I think like a lot of times when you're young and I'm sure that you can relate to this, sometimes you kind of want to push yourself to see what you can do. And yeah. And I, I felt that way a lot when I was growing up, when I was your age, I was like, I want to, I wonder like what I can do, you know, like I want to test it. I just want to like see what I can do because I have a feeling that I can do a lot, but like, let's see what I can do. You know what I'm saying? And so with move, it was like, well, I was actually testing out what I could do and what I couldn't do. And it was pretty amazing to test my limits and to push myself and to just keep breaking like milestones. So that was really special. What are some important things that you learned when you push those boundaries? Mm. Well, the biggest thing is that, um, after I push like a boundary or after I like accomplish a goal that I've set for myself, I am totally like, okay, onto the next thing. Like, let's keep it moving. I'm not someone to like, just like sit complacently. Like I'm very, I really like rest, you know, and rest and self-care is very important. But like I, once I, once I accomplish a goal, I'm like, okay, I'm ready to move on to the next thing. Like I've tested, I've learned I'm good at this. I learned I did this. Now it's like, let's see what else I can do. You know, constantly pushing myself to the next thing. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Just because it's fun. Like literally, it's not like I'm putting pressure on myself to get to the next thing. I'm literally like, no, I just have fun. Like seeing, like it's rooted in self-amusement. Truly. Like, I'm like, what can I do? (laughs) Like, I want to know I'm having fun. Well, I mean, at least for me, like I, I was, I was forced to sit on my butt for a few months to just stop dancing. Cause I'm a dancer. Yeah. It was like, okay, now what am I going to do? Because I have nothing to do. Like, I just, I hate stopping. I just can't sit still. So it's like, what is the next thing? <laughs> um, with that being said, like you, you're just constantly going at it. I'm sure you're juggling a lot. I mean, I know you're juggling a lot. So how do you, how do you balance that work, work-life balance? Like, how do you manage that? Totally. So I really, I'm very good at boundary setting and I definitely love saying no to things. Um, I say no to a lot. I also, um, I, so like, for example, I was on clubhouse and posting an Instagram reel. Yeah. Like pretty much like every day from like January to March and then March rolled around. And I was like, I am exhausted and I'm not having fun 
and I don't want to be doing this. But I was like, but these are my goals, so I should be doing it. And then I kind of stopped and I was like, I had a friend tell me like, well, you're not even having fun. You're not enjoying this. You're putting this goal on yourself. Like, why are you doing it? And I was like, oh, you're right. So I completely stopped for the rest of March and half of April. I did absolutely nothing on Instagram, absolutely nothing on Clubhouse. Wow. And I just re-picked it up last week. And so I think like, I think like, yes, it's important to have boundaries and to say no, but it's also important to like reevaluate what you're currently doing all the time and assess like, is this actually bringing me joy? Is this actually like advancing me professionally, you know, or is this just draining me? And even if it is advancing me professionally, like, <laughs> Am I just tired from it? Do I just need like a month or two months to like chill out? Um, and so, yeah, that's something that I definitely do. Also, like I said, I don't work at all on Saturdays yeah. um, and like Friday nights. I work sometimes Sundays if I'm feeling motivated, just like an hour or two. But really like my downtime is my downtime. After my last call of the day, I shut off my laptop. I'm not going back on it unless it's to watch TV. Like I am pretty good about boundary setting. I will not, I refuse to work all the time because I don't want to. I want to have a good work-life balance. Of course. And I think that's great to have. And I don't think a lot of, I mean, I don't want to say that a lot of people don't have it, but I know that I know a lot of people who don't have that, who can't say no, myself included. Yeah. So for those people, what tips would you give them just to take a step back? Because a lot of people can work until they're just burned out, mm -hmm. like completely, like physically. So I always say Rome wasn't built in today. And I think that this really applies to boundary setting because um, <coughs> I always say like, start off by setting boundaries with people that you feel comfortable with. So if your best friend asks you to FaceTime and you don't have energy to FaceTime, tell her, hey, no, I can't today. Can't wait tomorrow. I'm super drained today, right? And then when you practice setting boundaries in like smaller contexts, you're going to feel more confident when you're setting boundaries in bigger contexts. Wow. Okay. We'll start small. Start small. Rome wasn't built in a day. Rome wasn't built in a day. Um, are there any daily things that you do that just calm you down and bring you joy when you have like a stressful, a stressful day? Oh, uh, okay. Well, this is kind of silly. I really like having like a clean apartment. So like having a clean space is like very important to me. Lighting a candle, just like ensuring that my environment is calm. Also at the end of every day, I love to cook dinner. It really relaxes me to do something with my hands and like to not be on a computer and to just like listen to music, cook some awesome food. Like that is definitely consistently calming at the end of the day. Also, I found that <clears throat> going on the treadmill at the end of the day um, after work is actually really helpful because it kind of transitions. So like, because I work from home, because I'm home all day, if I <laughs> treadmill at 5 p.m. then I like transition out of the work day which is really helpful that's yeah I mean I'm sure because I mean none of us have like blocking anymore because we're all just at home doing the same thing and doing you know exactly um on on the other hand are there any things that you do that keep you productive and so you can maintain Ooh. your productivity it's a fun question well I let I I get started like when I wake up um, uh, in the mornings because I have a lot of energy in the morning. So like if it's 8 a.m., uh, 7.30 a.m. and I'm up, I'm just gonna start working right away because that's when I have energy to push it out, right? And then like if my last call is at four and it ends at 4.30, then I'm done for the day. So like listening to my energy levels and like working when I'm actually most effective and efficient is definitely useful. Um, 
I would say another way that I stay productive is I don't take calls before 11 a.m. So before 11 a.m., it's just my time to get my life together and answer all my emails. And then if an email is sent to me at 3 p.m., chances are it's not going to get answered until 9 a.m. the next morning. And then I do calls from 11 a.m. onwards. So structure my day structure. I think that's, I think that's key. Like I've slowly started to realize Mm -hmm. that structure is really important. Um, I want to, I want to go back to what just like mean you, you, you seem to have a really good understanding of yourself and who you are. So how did that help you when you started move or did Hmm. that develop when you started move? I don't know. I think I've always been pretty self-aware, but I don't know. I mean, I've been in a lot of therapy, so I think that therapy definitely helps you, you know? Noted. Noted. Yeah. Therapy is huge and I've done a lot of it. So I would say like that definitely helps you and kind of forces you to be a little bit more in touch with yourself. Um, but I don't know. That's a really good question. And that would require self-awareness that I don't have <laughs> at least currently. No, but I think you just come off just as such a, I don't know, just I don't know, like what, what I'm trying to say. What am I trying to say? Like just self-aware, confident. You speak really well. Like it, and you're still really, really young. And even mm-hmm. in your TED talk, you were only 18. And I was like, wow, I, I could <laughs> not believe it. Like I, I had to check the description. <laughs> yeah. Thank um, you. Oh yeah, yeah. I appreciate it. of course. And then what about your TED talk? Like what, how did that, how did you prepare for that? When did that come about? Yeah. Years. Yeah. So basically I had a mentor encourage me to go to a technology fair at Burlington high school. And I was like, okay, um, I don't really know what I'm doing. This is kind of out of my comfort zone. I don't even know what a technology fair is, but like, whatever. I went to this technology fair. I basically talked about how I use technology to create move and like how I use Google docs. It was like very simple. Anyway, the woman who was coordinating it at Burlington High School, her name was Jen Sheffer. She said that she was coordinating a TEDx event in a month or two, and she asked if I would participate. So I was like, yes, this is a dream of mine. I love TEDx talks and TED talks. So then I participated um, and preparing. um, I don't remember too much about what I did to prepare, honestly, but definitely writing and practicing a ton. I am, I actually do pitch honing today at iFund Women. So if anybody else listening needs, you know, their elevator pitch crafted, their TEDx talk crafted, their crowdfunding pitch crafted, I am more than happy to help them. Okay, noted. I will put iFund Women link in the the, the show notes and also your yeah. TED talk because I think that is a must for every single person on this entire planet. Oh, and I think one of the comments was also, this needs to be listened by every single person on the planet. I'm not even kidding. Thank you. That's so nice of you. Of course. Um, yeah. So I want to go back into like your journey and your body image and your, you know, your journey, your journey. <laughs> I said that like three times, but what really got you through that? Like, are you a spiritual person? How did you, how did you come out of that? I think move got me through it. I think like the community and the friends that I built that were so uplifting and so insistent on supporting one another. And like, I mean, even like, just like, um, I don't know. I felt so valued for who I was as a person, not for what my body looked like or didn't look like. It was extremely valuable and powerful. So surrounding yourself with the right people. Yeah. 
makes such a difference. How do you find the right people? Um, trial and error and through messing up a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have a really amazing support system and like really amazing friends. Um, but also like I have a lot of people from my past that were really mean to me or really fake or really gossipy or judgmental. Like you, you have to just like trust and do a lot of trial and error to find the right people. And I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of people have gone through that just gossipy, fake, yeah, you know, totally. bullying, like all of that. I'm sure a lot of people have gone through that and that it's, it's painful. Like when you have to do the trial and error and when you have to go through the process, totally. how did, how did you deal with the trial and error? Um, therapy again was very helpful, but I don't know. It was just super painful. I think like, it's very painful to go through like uh, friendships that are not a good fit. Yeah. And so the same way as anybody else. Yeah. I, I, a lot of people have like a super negative connotation to it. They think poorly of themselves because they think they need therapy or they want, they don't want to admit that they need therapy. So how did you get into therapy and what, what advice do you have for, I mean, teenage girls who want to do it, but can't build up the courage to say, yes, I, I need to do this. And I want to do this for myself. I mean, first of all, like, I totally get it. Like asking my parents to go to therapy was at the time, one of the hardest things I had ever done. It sounds so silly now, like being 24 and looking back, but it was, it was extremely difficult and very vulnerable. And I sobbed when I did ask my parents, because I was so out of my comfort zone and vulnerable and I felt exposed and ashamed and it wasn't a good feeling. Um, but I think like, I think, you know, um, it's really important. Like it's really, really, really important. What therapy teaches you is so many coping skills and so much about yourself and you get to sit with all of the challenging emotions that you're feeling and work through them in a really, really healthy way. So to anyone who is like considering therapy, I would say like, I mean, I just like, I like, why not? You know, like, why not just try it out? If it doesn't work out, okay, it doesn't work out. Like you can try again or you don't try again, but like, you know, give it a shot. And I, and I know that like, why not is only for some people, um, therapy can be so inaccessible unfortunately. Um, but if you have the ability to try therapy, like why not, you know? I know. And yeah, I mean, it's not going to work for everybody. It'll maybe it'll take some time to get the right therapist. The process, huge process. Yeah. So, I mean, what I'm hearing is it's worth a shot. So worth a shot. Absolutely. What's your, what's your, what's your mantra? Ooh, a big thing that I would always say is like, I am a work in progress. And so I like that because um, so often I feel like we uh, think of ourselves as needing to be perfect or kind of like a finished product or the best version of ourselves. And I'm like, no, screw that. I'm just a work in progress. Like I'm just doing the best that I can out here. And please like accept me as doing the best that I can as a work in progress, as something that is not finished, but it's doing her best. And I think that's also really powerful because everybody's like, Everybody has a destination. Everybody has a thing that they want to get to. But then what happens when you get to that thing? You're just going to stop? Totally. It's, 
constantly in motion. You're, mm-hmm. you're always a work in progress. I mean, not just I about, it. right. Not just about mm-hmm. things, but yourself too. Like, okay, I reached this mental goal now, like mental health goal. Now I need to push further and try and, you know, so yeah, I think that's amazing. Totally. Um, Thank you. Of course. Who actually, I have a few questions. So okay. when you started, when you started move, who, who, who was your inspiration or if, if there was no, who we know what your, what was. So what, who's your hero in that case? My hero was my eighth grade English teacher, Mrs. Grady. She became the vice principal when I was a sophomore in high school. And she helped me immensely start move. She gave us the go ahead. She gave us the permission to meet with eighth graders. She was immediately on board. Didn't care that we were discussing extremely sensitive topics. She was (laughs) all in and ready to be a support system. She believed in us from day one and uh, really encouraged us. And that is like, I will never forget that. Like she is the best woman. Do you think having that belief in you really allowed you to move forward? Was it a catalyst? Yeah, absolutely. If we had gotten a no, I don't think we would have kept going. Wow. Wow. She like, she forever changed my life. Oh yeah. Wow. I think, yeah. I mean, it's hard. A lot of people get no's all the time. Mm -hmm. So how, how do you, what would you say to somebody? What would you say to your younger self? If you got a no in that, in that, Oh, oh my God. I would have just said like, you haven't like you, you have no idea the potential that could come from trying this out. Like keep trying because you're not going to understand the potential until you like go for it. So keep trying. Amen. (laughs) Yes. Um, what is your current favorite book or what's on your reading list? Ooh. Um, my favorite book of all time is called When Things Fall Apart, Heart Advice for Difficult Times by Pema Chodron. It's a Buddhist book. It's amazing. She is incredible. And it's all about sitting with discomfort and challenges and leaning into the present. It's very powerful. Whew. Wow. You can learn so much from books. Wow. It's like, totally. Um, what's your favorite thing about your career? Ooh, I love this question. Well, I get to coach women entrepreneurs all day long and it is so fun. And I love the one-on-one conversation and I love just listening and then providing tangible feedback and next steps. And it's just amazing. I just love it. What are some things you learned from coaching women? Mm, Something that I've learned from coaching. um, uh, It's really important to listen uh, in order to be the best coach possible because sometimes I'll be trying to direct the conversation in a certain way, or I'll be trying to like set them up for success with a particular strategy, but it's not actually what they need. And I'm not going to understand that's not what they need unless I actually listen to them and their pain points and what the feedback is that they're giving to me. And so if I want to be the best coach possible, I really have to listen very intently to every single person that I'm coaching to understand what I can do to really support them. And that's another thing that's such a critical skill just in life. Yeah. And building that skill, like being able to listen and really dig deep is like, it's hard. It's not easy. (laughs) So what advice would you give to, I mean, anybody listening? How do you, how do you have a better conversation? How do you listen? Hmm. I'm a big fan of like having like go-to questions. 
And the reason why is because it builds your confidence. So like, if you go into networking conversations, new conversations, whatever, and you have like five questions that you can always ask, you're always gonna feel confident because you know that you have the control in that situation. So for example, like a big question that I like to ask, I think I even asked you when we first got on is like, oh, where are you from? First of all, I'm like actually curious. I actually wanna know, <laughs> but also it's just an easy question for me to ask. And then like, we can connect from there, you know? Yeah. Um, another go-to question is like, um, I don't even know, like depending on the setting, like what's a personal goal that you have this month or like what's your May intention or what's something you're working on? You know, like I feel like having go-to questions just helps immensely. So I'm going to ask you one of your go-to questions because it was such a good question. What are some things you're working on? What is your intention for the next month? Or is there anything fun that you're working on that you can tease? Yeah, so I'm doing a lot of clubhouses with iFundWomen. Um, I would totally recommend that everybody follows me on iFundWomen at Ashley Olafson. Go check out our funding club um, at iFundWomen. It's very, very fun. And yeah, that's something that I'm working on that I'm pretty pumped about. Feel free to follow me on Instagram at Ashley Olafson. Check me out at ashleyolafson.com or iFundWomen.com. Follow iFundWomen on Instagram at iFundWomen. And same with Clubhouse. Thanks for listening and thank you so much for having me. Oh my goodness. How did you guys like this episode? It was literally one of my favorites, even to just record. She's such an amazing woman. And so please... Go check her out on all her socials. And also, I'm going to put her TEDx in the description. It is a must listen. Must listen to every single person ever. So go listen to that. Um, connect with her on her socials. Follow iPhone Women. And yeah, you can also, actually please, also rate and subscribe to the podcast anywhere you listen to your podcasts. And rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts because it means the world and it really helps the podcast out. So thank you so much to everyone who's been doing that. But yeah, thank you guys so much for spending another week with me. Apparently, I've officially made it over the podcast bump because there's a huge majority of podcasts that don't go past like seven episodes. But this is our eighth episode, so we're good. Yeah, wow. I can't believe it's been two months already. Anyway, that's besides the point. Thank you guys so much for listening. Don't forget to follow the podcast Instagram at whatsonyourmind.pod and my Instagram at Naya Jane. But yeah, that's it. Have an amazing, fantabulous weekend and I will talk to you, or week, and I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye! <laughs>